Please be seated. About 1,800 years ago, uh, Macarius, and you kind of roll the R a little bit, at least that's the pronunciation that I have learned over this past week, was born, right? Died 90 years later. Starts off life, okay, early profession. He's a camel driver, trades in nitrate, potassium nitrate. Some idea that he probably stole some potassium nitrate and then resold it. What do we use potassium nitrate in AD 300? We're not totally sure. Bath salts, soap, agriculture, embalming, not gunpowder, at least not yet. Maybe even in a fire. Ordained priest, okay, and even in the face of uh, accusation, okay, he remained silent, okay? So he's serving this small town and uh, he's accused. He's accused of uh, being complicit in a very direct way in the pregnancy of, of a young lady in the village. And then accusations are made of him. He says nothing. He's silent. Completely, 100% silent. They beat him. They put him basically in the English or Egyptian version of stocks. And they're like, have stuff hanging around his neck. And, and he doesn't say anything. And only when he is exonerated does he say anything at all. And even then he doesn't say anything. He just heads out to this area, um, Cetes or uh, Skete. Um, think uh, the Nile Delta, okay? Put your Nile Delta up here, you know, and then you go a little bit southwest, okay? There's this community in the smack dab middle of the desert where in 300 there's these group of guys and ladies who like escape. Like they think the world has gone to pot, gone to something in a handbasket. And, and they, they say, we're going to escape the world. We're going to walk away from the world. So there, Abba Macarius um, has some cool things, okay? One of the things he said, do not sleep in the cell of a brother. That would be like a small room, a small hut. Do not sleep in the cell of a brother who has a bad reputation. That's good advice. I love this one. A brother came to see Abba Macarius, the Egyptian, and said to him, Abba, give me a word that I may be saved. So the old man, Abba Macarius, said, go to the cemetery and abuse the dead. The brother went there, abused them, threw stones at them. Then he returned and told the old man about it. The latter said to him, did they say anything back to you? The man was like, no. Then Abba Macarius said, go tomorrow and praise them. Praise the dead. So the brother went away and praised them, calling him, Apostles, saints, and righteous men. He returned to the old man and said, I have complimented them. And then Abba Macarius said, Did they not answer you? The brother said, No. Abba Macarius said, You know how you insulted them and they did not reply, and how you praised them and they did not speak. So you too, if you wish to be saved, must do the same and become a dead man. Like the dead, take no account of either the scorn of men or their praises, and you can be saved. They said of Abba Macarius that if a brother came to him with fear like someone to see a great and holy man, he would not say anything, wouldn't even come out of his cell. But if they came to him and say, Abba, you were a camel driver, weren't you? And you stole nitrate, didn't you, and sold it again? And the keepers, they beat you. Then he'd be like, yeah, let's have a conversation. A sense of humility for which he was known. A year and four months ago, early meetings started at Timberwood Church. It happens every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. It follows an order of service informed by the Book of Common Prayer, which is rooted in history, circa, 1950, circa 1549. 
If you come from an Anglican or an Episcopal faith tradition, you know it. If you come from a Catholic or Lutheran faith tradition, you recognize it. And if you grew up anywhere close to me, it's brand new. And while the Anglican faith has its roots in a dubious history, you know the history of the Anglican church, right? It's created because King Henry VIII wanted to divorce his wife. The Pope wouldn't let him get divorced, so he's like, okay, I'll create my own religion. Do you ever wonder, do you ever wonder males and power? Do you ever wonder, maybe? I should stop. It does seem as though there's some sort of problem here, right? Guys justify just about anything. At any rate, that aside, the Anglican faith tradition is a, a vibrant expression of Christian faith for many. At any rate, every Tuesday, a small group of us gather. You'd be invited if you want to check it out. We go through an abbreviated reversion of the renewed ancient text of the Holy Eucharist. To wit, later this morning, we will utilize the confession and forgiveness passages of the same. But one of my favorite sections is entitled, Prayers of the People. It's this call and response, right? And it goes something like this. The, the celebrant, the officiant, the pastor says something along the lines of, let us pray for the church and for the whole world, saying here our prayer. And so, for the peace of the whole world and for the well-being and unity of the people of God, Lord, in your mercy. And then the congregation responds, call and response, hear our prayer. So let's try it, okay? You with me? Three words, hear our prayer. That's what, I'll just point at you and then you say hear our prayer. For the peace of the whole world and for the well-being and unity of the people of God, Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. For all the staff and volunteers and people of our body. We do this every Tuesday morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who proclaim the gospel at home and abroad and for all who teach and disciple others. Lord, we would think of Wes and Amy in the Middle East, in Lebanon. We would think of Dan and Laura in Poland. We would think of Kyle and Matilda. We would think of Keith and Linda, and we would think of Brendan and Sheila, and we would think of Bruce and Sonia, and we would think of David and Debbie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted for their faith. Lord, in your mercy. We do this every Tuesday. For our nation, for those in authority, for all in public service, especially the president and the Congress and the courts, the governor and our state legislature, our firefighters, our police officers, our sheriff's officers, our sheriff's department, and the state highway patrol, for emergency medical personnel, our mental health care workers, those in the schools. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Exactly. You're practically Anglicans. It's rooted in Scripture, right? This idea... It's not something that a man created. If you flip with me to uh, page 9, I'm sorry, page 523. David is writing Psalm 143, verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness answer me, in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no living one is righteous before you. 
For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember, and the psalm goes on. And it's all in the context of David saying, to the God of all things, hear my prayer. This beautiful, rich tradition of the people of God coming to God in a very significant way, articulating their hopes, their dreams, their fears, asking God to intercede on their behalf. This idea of hear our prayer, the thing that we want to do this morning for you, is rooted not just in ancient forms or, or creeds. It's rooted in the word of God itself. As we think about prayer, many of us have heard the short three-word verse, pray without ceasing, found in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Again, proving the point that anyone can memorize scripture. Try it with me. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You just memorized 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You just memorized 1 Thessalonians 5.17. This idea of prayer without ceasing, it means pray without ceasing. The posture is one of modesty. And I think in my own personal life, it's come to be this thing of how I start my day, how I end my day, how I experience my day. It ties into last week, right? That we should give our entire attention to what God is doing right now. Lord, hear my prayer. Lord, I'm coming to you. And this happens, that happens without end. What does God want? What is God up to? In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, right now, the need for prayer. We have this uh, misunderstanding about prayer that it has to be something like wildly complex, right? Or, or it has to be a lot of words. And sometimes we even think it has to follow a specific formula. Perhaps you know the story. I think I've told it at least once of John Cassis. Um, I think it's Cassis. It could be Cassis. Former chaplain of the Chicago Bears. Okay? Glory years of the Bears. 1980s. Ditka is up in front. He says, at the end of my time here, I want to have you, Perry, Refrigerator Perry, the fridge, big guy, I want you to close our time together with the Lord's Prayer. Jim McMahon leans forward to Jim Cassis, the chaplain, and says, there's no way Perry knows the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> Cassis is like, wish you went in there. McMahon leans forward. Have you heard this story? Do you know this story? This is fabulous. McMahon leans forward. I bet you 50 bucks he doesn't know the Lord's Prayer. Look at him over there. He's sweating. He just buckets of sweat coming off them. McCassus, I don't know if he's a gambling man, you know, basically says you're on. Ditka gets done with his speech, okay? The fridge on the spot, on the spot. Okay, has to recite the Lord's Prayer. Everyone bows their heads. Solemn moment. And the fridge begins, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. McMahon leans forward with a $50 bill. 
hands it to Cassis and says, what do you know? He does know the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Keep it short. It, it, it doesn't have to be complex. If you're going to pray without ceasing, you're probably not going to pray paragraphs each time you open your mouth. If you're going to be in a posture of prayer, you're probably not going to try to say something theologically profound. You're probably not going to like come up with a new way to compliment God on what God's done. God doesn't need to be complimented all the time on what he's done. God's very confident that he's done some pretty cool stuff. You exist. You exist. God has done some pretty cool stuff. But the prayer without ceasing, the attitude of prayer, the intentionality of prayer in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, the posture, the modesty of starting our day, of ending our day, of our experiencing our day, of giving our entire attention to what God is doing right now. It doesn't have to be complex. In fact, it shouldn't be. Again, turning to Abba, Abba Macarius. I lost my, that was silly. There it is. Abba Macarius was asked, how should one pray? The old man said, there is no need at all to make long discourses. It is enough to stretch out one's hands and say, Lord, as you will and as you know, have mercy. Isn't that beautiful? Would you try that with me? Stretching out our hands? Lord, as you will. Lord, as you will. And as you know, and as you know, have mercy. And if the conflict grows fiercer, say simply, Lord, help. He knows very well what we need, and he shows us his mercy. It's what we want to do today. We want to come with a posture of modesty. We want to come with a posture of wanting God's best in our life. We want to come with a posture of giving attention to what God is doing in our life right now. If you're an eloquent prayer, you have beautiful prayers. Don't change that. And if you can't imagine praying to God, if you can say, Lord, help me, you can pray to God. Today, we want you to, to have the freedom to come forward and to receive prayer, to be prayed for. Today, we want to, as Amanda said, begin our new year in this posture. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you grateful to be in this place. See us, O oh great God, in all of our hopes, in all of our dreams, in all of our needs. See us. Let us be honest before you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
How this is going to work is in a little bit, we're going to do a somewhat normal introduction to our communion or Lord's table or Eucharistic experience. In just a few moments, there will be four communion stations at the head of aisles two and four. Again, if you could walk up aisles two and four and down aisles one, three, and five, that will keep us from running into one another. In between and outside of the communion stations, there will be eight different prayer stations. Two here, two here, two out there, two out there. Once you've received communion, if you want to participate and receive prayer, you can certainly walk to one of those stations. If you have this card and it's filled out, that would help us to pray more intentionally for you. If you don't have this card, we can get one to you. Just raise your hand. Again, as you walk forward and receive communion, if you come with your hands like this, we will place the bread and the juice into your hand. We will dip the bread into the juice and place that into your hand. And again, I like that way, right? I imagine Jesus taking a piece of bread and giving it to his followers. Then having received from the Lord, we invite you to let us pray for you. It would be a tremendous honor to, to lift up your name and your family and your needs to a holy God. Sound good? Thanks. In a moment of silence, let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Please join me. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to him, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I invite the staff and the leadership team and the prayer team to come forward. I invite you, members of this vibrant body of faith, to enjoy receiving from the Lord's hand his table, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and to receive our heart to pray for you. Thank you.